For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Seriously, man, you don't really think we're going to see any Canutes and 41 Rockies jerseys here at Coors Field, do you? I mean, no offense, I know you're a local and all, but that was a long time ago. You never know. I've seen some old guy jerseys around here, haven't you? In fact, I actually heard from a really good source. You mean you saw it on Twitter. Whatever. I heard that Chad Cool's wearing 41 now for the Rockies because he grew up a Milwaukee Brewers fan and he watched me wearing number 41 back in the day. That, you know, that's pretty cool, right? I see what you did there, Mark. Yeah, okay, wait. Look, he's right over there. Let's just go ask him. Well, you know, we probably shouldn't bother him. What do you mean we're media? That's our job. Follow me. Uh, okay, but, but let me ask him. Hey, Chad, I'm Mark Knutes, and this is Manny Rendell. We do a podcast called the Park Adjusted Rockies Podcast. He came up with the name. Congrats on your great start to the season. Are you liking it here? He's got a question for you, Chad. Okay, I heard somewhere that you're wearing number 41. Here's a Rocky because, you know, I wore it a while back. A long okay, while back. Okay, whatever. I wore 41 in Milwaukee, as I'm sure you know, since I heard you grew up a Brewers fan and all. Uh, yeah, no, I uh, grew up in Delaware. Um, you know, kind of watched the Phillies kind of growing up, but uh, never really heard of you. So when they gave me 41, I don't think it really had some uh, significance behind it. Sorry. Yeah, what's what show am I on? It's the Park Adjusted Rockies Podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Mark Knudsen and Manny Randawa. Manny, something I want to talk about for a while is the uh, lost art of small ball, specifically bunting, hitting and run, steals, the kind of things that these Kansas City Royals were known for back in the day, right? When Bud Black was a member of the Royals. Um, something that's just kind of been lost over the years. Um, I'm not sure why you have a different perspective on it. And in this show, we get to talk to people with mostly perspectives that are Agree with me, but not so much with you. Yeah, I mean, and I think that uh, deep down in the hearts of the guys that we talk to, I think they they would probably agree with the idea that analytics aren't the problem, But and we'll talk about this, but the usage or misusage of analytics are the problem, and I think that's what's led to a lot of the extremes we're seeing now. Well, we'll go down the field and talk with Stu Cole, Rockies third base coach, who can play back in my day when, and he was a good bunter, he was a good player, and then with Hall of Fame writer Tracy Ringlesby, who... Uh, is very much, I wouldn't say he's an analytics fan, would you? No, but, but he, I think, would also agree that it's mostly the, the, the way analytics have been used. Although I'm, I'm, not, I'm not to the degree that he is in terms of um, how badly he thinks that they're being, they're being used. So we'll, so. Yeah. Let's hear from Stu Cole. Stu, you and I come from a generation where bunting was not a four-letter word like it is now. Man, he's an analytics guy. Never bunt, never bunt, never bunt. Is there any middle ground here? Uh, there could be some middle ground now with the universal DH. You know, you don't have a whole lot of uh, small ball play that's going to come about. But, uh, you know, when you get in a situation when the game is on the line and you got first and second, you at the bottom of the lineup and you need that run, I think it's important enough to get that guy to third base so you can try to get a productive out. I'm glad you brought that up because this is when I, this idea launched in my head. The game in Arizona that you came back and won late. Diaz comes up with in that same situation you just talked about and strikes out. Why wasn't he buttoned? Well, he's a guy that never bunts because he, he, you might as well have a guy that uh, 
never bunts, swing the bat, and hopefully he can get into one and give you three runs across the board more so than just one, do getting they, in scoring position. Do they not teach bunting anymore? They, they teach bunting to guys who they expect to bunt. Okay. You know, they, they try to get those guys out there to try to get them to get the ball down and, and stuff like that. Yeah, so a so, couple of things, Mark. Yes, please. Clarification. Yes, it's you. not never bunt. Never? Okay. okay. It's on opening day, all right, I, I got a picture of the, the, the beautiful the red, white, and blue bunting that they put on, oh, you know, you know, on the, on the decks. And I said, I took a picture, I said, bunting, the good kind, okay. you know, and it's a, it's a, it's a matter of, from the, from the statistical side, it's a matter of what are your odds here, right? Okay. Now, how many runs are you down? What are, what are you, what's the situation? In that situation, you texted me, and he's like, he should have bunted. I'm like, no. Yes, he should have. If you he got could, a guy, if he could you, bunt, you got a guy, you got a guy, it was first and, well, first first and second, second, nobody no out, right? Yeah. You got a guy, you're on the road. You got to, you're going to have to play a bottom half of that inning, right? You got a guy that can hit you a home run. You got a guy that can hit, hit for extra bases. The question is, what are the odds you're going to get an extra base hit versus taking the out? You got to, you got to kind of weigh those two things. And so in that situation, the odds are in favor of him swinging away now he struck out so it was great for you and i i was waiting for your call until they scored four runs That's right. and then they four scored runs. four runs and i'm like all right I'm just not how you drew it up right time. yeah just how we drew it up you know <laughs> if he doesn't do the job to move the guys along you know the next man up he's got to do the job so uh you know i understand the not bunting and i understand the bunting both sides of it but uh you know you have guys in your lineup where you expect them to bunt in certain situations so if Iglesias is up in that situation he's bunting if Grace is up in that situation, although he's hitting 300 yeah, right now, and he's a good ball player, uh, I'm pretty sure he'll probably take it upon himself. You know, tie ball game, down one at home or something like that, I'm pretty sure he'll try to move that guy any way he can. I think I saw a guy, I can't remember which guy it was for the Royals last night, shorten up with two strikes and go try to go the other way. Are you teaching that again, or is everybody still swinging for the fences? I, I tell you what, there's only a handful of guys that really shorten up and try to put the ball in play with two strikes. Everybody else still have their swing. They try to take their A swing on the two strikes and, uh, you know, try to hit the ball out of the ballpark. But there are very few guys that shorten up with two strikes and try to put the ball in play. What do you tell them? Uh, me, if they ask your advice, if they ask my advice, I would tell them to shorten up and try certain guys. You right. know what I mean? Right. I know you have your big guys that, you know, you get right. your A swing off. But you have some guys that, uh, you know, that should be line drive, double hitters. You know, just shorten up, you know, get yourself a good pitch and try to put the barrel on. Yeah, I'm, I'm covering the Royals this weekend. Talking to Mike Matheny yesterday about um, this all or nothing, you know, big strikeout era that we're in, right? Three, three true outcomes. And I said, um, do you see the pendulum swinging back? We talked to Dante Bichette yep. about this on this show, actually, about because he, you know, he was uh, hitting, co- hitting, first hitting coach with do, the. To up and go the other he way was a big power guy who was a great two strike guy, right? Yep. And he, that's how he taught Bo. He's yep. what he taught. <coughs> excuse me, when he was in Toronto with the with the Blue Jays and, and helping them out. But um, he, you know, Matheny said, um, "I just can't see that working over a whole season. You got to think about the whole season. You can't." You know, in certain situations, maybe, but you know, if you're if you're gonna go a whole season with all or nothing, even in two strike situations, it's not sustainable. Is what he said. You can't you can't make that work over. And this is one of the teams, the Royals. They don't hit the ball very hard, very often, at least so far this season. They've done it a few times here in the yeah. series, but they make a lot of contact. And you know, we have gone too far. You know, yeah. speaking from the analytics side point of view, we have we've gone we've gone way too far. But that's the thing is like when you try something new and then you go too far and then you start swinging back. You know, and you, you know, the hope is that pendulum starts getting back to. You know, I'm like the I'm like the little girl in the commercial where the tacos keep falling down. 
you know, where she goes, why not both? Have the square bottom to the taco. Why not have both? We could have a taco, but it can have a square bottom. Why can't we have power and contact? But not everybody is built that way, right? So um, I get it, and I think that, you know, that's, we have to swing the pendulum back. I'm all for that, but, you know, there's always the question of, is this a situation where you want to you wanna take your shot with the extra base hit or not? Your, your teams, too, has struggled on the road. That's nobody's no secret. Would you consider a different approach on the road? I'm Obviously, you're not the manager, but would you consider a different approach on maybe play more small ball on the road since the team's having so, many, so much trouble scoring runs? Well, I've been here for going on 10 years now, and uh, you know I've seen the approach that we have taken on the road when we have been successful and we have not been successful. And, uh, you know, I think the approach that you need to take is the same approach you take everywhere, you know, at home and on the road is working the big part of the field. Because when we do... Uh, use the big part of the field. We do put up runs on the road. We do get base hits. Uh, if you look at this last road trip, just look at the guys who got the hits for us. You know, they weren't big guys. They were small guys. They used a big part of the field. So, you know, that's very important, especially for us to go on the road and try to use the big part of the field and not, you know, try to still go deep because the ball's going to break a little more. Yeah. You're not going to get that hanger all the time that you can still do damage with. And, you know, just speaking on the shortening up and, uh, you know, trying to put the ball in play. Miguel Cabrera, when we played them, and uh, he got his 3,000th hit, he said, you know what, I saw the second baseman playing over, and he said, the only thing I'm going to do is try to take my hit and, you know, be done with it. And that's what he did. And then I think a lot of good hitters, they do that. You know, they, they, they take their approach and they survey the field, and they say, okay, well, if he's over here, you know, I'm going to take my hit over here. You and I played for Don Baylor one of the most successful offensive minds baseball-wise I've, I've ever seen. I mean, Eric Young stealing 60 bases, you got hit and runs, and then you're getting meatballs because the pitcher's worried about who's, on, run, who's running the bases, and you get a lot of a lot of extra base hits. Do you think that people, do people take that approach, think maybe the stolen base can get us better pitches to swing at? I think so. I think if you get some guys that can steal bases, you know, on your ball club, that can definitely help the guys who are at the plate. But nowadays, you have very few stolen bases now because guys are so much trying to hit the long ball. So uh, I think the stolen bases is becoming a lost start in the game, you know, for the most part. But, you know, there are teams, there are guys that uh, still try to push the envelope by stealing bases and stuff like that. But it, not adding much pressure on the pitcher when you don't do it often. Same goes for putting the ball in play, right? Yeah. We were talking about with that with Bethany yesterday with, you know, if you, Bichette. I mean, we talked about this, but Bichette convinced me of this, and I was on the kind of the, the, the track of, you know, what a lot of analytics people were thinking about, like how an out's an out. An out's not an out, because the only thing you can guarantee if you strike out is you're walking back to the dugout. But if you put the ball in play, it could be an error, there could be a ball could, fall, ball could fall, sun, whatever. You know, things can happen where it puts pressure. It's the same deal. It puts pressure on the defense, puts pressure on the pitcher, where, and, and with the lack of contact now, we're not, we're not getting that. There's no, you're not making these kinds of things happen. So, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just me, but I feel like it, it is starting to turn. Like Manny said, I, I just guys are seemingly. I mean, obviously home runs are down the first month. There's a lot of reasons for that, but guys seem like be more interested in contact now than they were even a year ago. Uh, they are more so now than they were, you know, in the past years. But you know, you still see a lot of big swings with two strikes, and you know, Does I that think drive you crazy. It, it drives me nuts sometimes. You know, especially with guys in scoring right. position. And you see the good teams, uh, you know, they execute that. Yep. You know, the Giants, they don't strike out much, they put the ball in play. You know, the Dodgers, they're very selective. They don't yep. strike out much, they put the ball in play. And that just adds more pressure for your defense uh, when you're trying to get that third out uh, with the guy in scoring position. So uh, if you got teams that punch out a lot, 
you don't really have to worry about it. There's no pressure on you because you say like, okay, this guy possibly can strike out. But if you know that guy's going to put the ball in place somewhere, there's going to be some action. You know that can put some pressure on the defense. Is there, are you telling you guys that you and, and Magadin and you, the coaches are you telling you guys, hey, let's put the ball in play more, let's strike out less. Obviously, you don't want to strike out. But are they, I guess my better question is, are they listening? Well, for me, I, I mean, I don't do anything with the hitting. Max take care of all that, and I do hear speeches in the hitters meeting and stuff like that. And he does try to enforce, you know, hey, you know, making more contact, you know, staying on the ball, letting the ball get a little deeper and stuff like that. So uh, that that is being brought to the guys' attention, you know. But when they get in that box, it's on them. Progress? You seen any? There, there's some. There's some. I mean, we've added some guys that, uh, you know, that make really good contact. Like Iglesias, he makes really good contact with two strikes. You know, he knows how to play the game. You know, Daza has come along to the point where now he's putting the ball in play more, not striking out, hitting more ground balls, and he's having a chance to get more hits doing it that way. Be, ground ball is a dirty word, Manny. It is a dirty word. It's got it's got it's got to it's got to be but 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 it's got it's got to be with the younger guys though right mostly yeah. Yeah. like with the older guys they they have a tradition where they came up you you deal with yep. this with high school yep. players and stuff it's like when they have that in their heads there it's it's hard to unwind that right yeah. when, when you when you're trying to get that out of their heads whereas guys like maybe iglesias and guys who played for a longer time they 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 they, are, they grew up doing that yeah. and, and it's, it's a new like, way of having to coach isn't it maybe uncoach some things it is and uh you know guys are getting to the big leagues much faster now yeah. and you see some of these young guys that are coming into the league i mean their swings are you know either penthouse or you know the other house but <laughs> but it's unbelievable to see some of these guys but that's what they see on tv you know, they figured, hey, in order for me to get paid, in order for me to stay in the big league, this is what I got to do. And they're not worrying about the strikeouts or anything like that. So, uh, you know, you got some other guys who are borderline guys that's coming up to the big leagues. Those guys are more contact-oriented. More coachable. And, yeah, they're, they're more coachable. And, and you know, they, they try to do things to help them stay at the major league level. You know, it's funny because I'm in kind of in the middle. So I'm a high school coach, so... I've got kids coming up from, from club ball that have never heard of the word bunt. They don't even know how to bunt because they, you say it's what they see on TV, but it's also what they're taught as little leaguers. Oh, we don't bunt. We don't know how to bunt. They literally do not know how. I think that's a tragedy. It is a tragedy, and uh, it's something that, you know, I was brought up on, you know, at a young age, you know, to have the whole arsenal because yep. you, you might need it one day. And, you know, nowadays kids are just really out there being taught to try to hit the ball as far as they can. And I think that really hurt a lot of kids, you know, whenever they try to progress in their careers and they started seeing better pitching and then, you know, they get pushed to the wayside. So if we convince you that bunting, bunt is not a four-letter word? <clears throat> no, bun, bun, bunting, it all depends on how you, how you mean, but bunting um, is, not a, is, not, is not taboo all the time in my, in my opinion. But again, That's look, good. here, let me, let me say this too. Let me say this too, though. I'm talking to two guys who played the game at a professional level i'm not i'm not i'm not that guy right i played in high school and i can say you know well, we don't understand the so, athletics like you do so. well but but at the same time I, that that has to be said because it's different when you stand in the box right it's different when you you know and and you're facing 98 or whatever but um yeah it just you know the, the thing i was thinking about with, with, with what sue was talking about when you're in the minor leagues you can get away with some certain things yeah you can't get away with that stuff up here. And then when you get up here, you see different pitching, and you, you just can't – those swings aren't going to work. Right. Pays to be coachable, doesn't it, Stu? It does pay to be coachable. And you see nowadays with the shift being played on more guys. And, you know, I see uh, Belt over in San Francisco. We played them the other day. And uh, they had a run on first base. It was a 3-1 count. We shifted back to being the full shift, and he was going to bunt 3-1. You know, to get more guys on base. He was going to bunt 3-1, and it would happen to be a ball. 
And, uh, you know, those kind of guys, they kind of scare me a little bit because yeah, exactly. if you don't play up on him, he might swing and beat you going the other way. But if you play back on him, he's going to bump. What would Tony Gwynn have hit against the shift? Tony Gwynn would probably have hit 500 against the mm-hmm. shift. I would say six. <laughs> yeah. Well, they wouldn't you have shifted. You they wouldn't, go, they wouldn't have shifted. They wouldn't have shifted on Tony Gwynn. No, they wouldn't have shifted on Tony Gwynn. Yeah, it, I, the back control is another thing. We could talk about that for hours, too. That's another thing. But, hey, Stu, we really appreciate your time. Thanks, I know you got appreciate stuff to do. But All right. Appreciate it, as always. All we'll right. Talk to you again. Right. Manny, have we convinced you? Of what? That bunting's not a four-letter word. <laughs> no. <laughs> Stick to your gun, man. Hey, man. Stick to your gun. All right. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it, man. All right. For the best selection of autographs and memorabilia from your favorite sports stars past and present, look no further than DenverAutographs.com. Find what you're after on the web or at either of their two Metro Denver locations, Colorado Mills Mall and Flatirons Mall. Broncos, Rockies, Avs, Nuggets, and much more. It's all at DenverAutographs.com. Learning life skills through baseball, USA Prime is more than just travel baseball. We mentor young athletes in areas like teamwork and skill development. It's about more than winning weekend tournaments. It's about showing young players how to achieve their goals in baseball and beyond. Contact Scott Horman at Colorado at gmail.com for more information. Welcome back to the Park Adjusted Rockies podcast. I'm Mark Knutson. He's Manny Randall. We're arguing about bunting. Trace, I was, Tracy Ringles will be joined us, the Hall of Famer. Uh, Trace, I was throwing batting practice or bunting practice. My players just said, my arm still hurts. I thought they you, were, don't, you were putting up paper things on Well, the, that's Manny's kind of bunting. Bunting, okay, yeah. Okay. I, I'm just astonished that kids do not know how to bunt. They do not get taught how to bunt. And I think that has something to do with the fact that certain guys can't be asked to bunt at the big league level. Well, I just think that it comes from the fact that, particularly if you're a young kid, there's no thrill in being able to put down a bunt and move a runner over to second base. You want to hit the ball into the gaps in the outfield and let it roll forever because a lot of those parks, you know, they don't have fences. So the farther it rolls, the farther they can get around the bases. Yeah, it's, it's a sad state of affairs. Now, our, our buddy here, Manny, is... Again, paper bunting, we're good with that. Red, white, blue bunting. But otherwise, bunting has no place in baseball. Is that fair? No, that's not a fair characterization of what I have to say. You did the same thing with Stu Cole earlier. What is, what's a, I know, I know, I know. I know. Um, it's not never bunt with me, but it's bunt seldom. Bunt very, I mean, there's a, there's a place for the bunt in baseball, but it's, it depends on the situation. We were talking about the, the, the game in uh, Arizona where that's the first and second, nobody out. Elias Diaz at the plate. Elias Diaz gets you extra base hit. He'll hit you a home run. You're out on the road. You're going to have to play a bottom of the ninth. It'd be nice to have a couple of runs lead, uh, 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 more than just a one-run lead. I'm good with that where you swing away. Yeah, it didn't work out, and I didn't, but I'm glad because, you know, they scored four runs. Yeah. I didn't get a call from you later, you know, gloating, uh, and that worked out. So it it's all depends on the, you know, there's a matrix you can go and, and find where they, you know, somebody out there is calculating the odds of, uh, in any given uh, base out situation, number of men on, mm-hmm. number of outs, uh, how many? What the run expectancy will be for for a bunt on that in that situation, and that's kind of a, a little bit of a gauge of what to do. And I and I think that's what clubs kind of look to. But you know, again, we we it's not that we never bunt, but I think we bunt. I think sometimes we bunt okay, a little too I'm much. But I'm watching that game, and I could have told you first and second. You bunt them over. You got two runs in scoring position. One run puts you in the lead, as you talked about, because you got to play the bottom line. But I'm sacrificing a guy who I knew was going to strike out, and he did. I mean, (laughs) I'd watched the whole game. He was going to strike out, and he did. I mean, sometimes your gut has to answer that question for you, doesn't it, Trace? Well, I think whenever you talk in general feelings about baseball, it shows that you don't really know what you're talking about. 
because I think bunting's great if you have the right bunter up there. Right, true. But to just sit there and say that in situations you should bunt, you don't know that situation because you've got to know who that hitter is at the plate and who the pitcher is. And, who the pitcher is. Yeah. and, and it's, it's like anything else, which I have problems with a lot of the new mathematical stuff, is that they make generality statements and they make them as a fact. And it's not a fact. You know, it's just like hitters. Joe Rudy didn't hit for a great average in his career, but he was the most dangerous guy you're going to find in the ninth inning because at that point in time, he was at a different level. So you can't tell me that this is what you have to do in the ninth inning because the different player will respond to the challenge. Um, and, and I always go back to Ron Davis as, as my perfect example of the best eighth inning relief pitcher I ever saw in baseball and a complete disaster in the ninth because he had no net underneath the tightrope. And he didn't know what to do when there wasn't someone to protect him. But in the eighth inning, he knew that it wasn't all on his shoulders. So it's, you know, Quisenberry, I had Quisenberry in Kansas City. He wouldn't even be in minor leagues if they went through all the statistical analysis with him. I mean, he threw 82 miles an hour at best, and he wound up being one of the better relief pitchers of his era, as you know. You know, it's, But you had to understand that he had no fear of what he was doing, as he used to say. As bad as I am as a pitcher and stuff, why should I be worried about what they're going to do with what I throw up there? They're the ones that have to do it, not me. You know, But he had that confidence in himself, that inner confidence. And that's where, to me, I understand statistics. That's what was the one thing I did well on my college boards before I decided I wasn't smart enough to go to college. But it's, it's the statistical thing doesn't designate the individuals and what they're capable of doing in what situations. That, that is something Stu Cole told us that it, it, it depends on the hitter, and that, that's why he didn't have Diaz bunt in that situation, or they didn't have Diaz bunt, because he wasn't a good bunter, which also bothers me, because I think every single ba- guy in your team should know how to do that, should have that skill. You can have that in your arsenal, as, as Stu put it. But the problem with that is, you know, you have these guys teaching young kids how to bunt, and they don't know how to bunt. So what are you going to do when you get to the big leagues, particularly when you have an ex-big leaguer supposedly teaching them how to bunt, and they can't get it down? Remember Bunny Mick? Do you remember Bunny Mick? You never knew him? Okay. Well, we talked about, we, we talked about that a little bit with, with, with Stu. It's like the issue is they have this issue with the younger guys, not the guys who are, have been in the game for a while mm-hmm. because they grew up in a different yeah. – they grew up with a different set of uh, a skill set because they worked on bunting and stuff like that. I don't, I'm not saying the, the ability to bunt. Look, I, I, I'm all for the well-rounded player. I think there should. Be, I think everybody should want to do everything well. It's just that the situation does dictate a lot. And yes, I agree that the player, individual. These guys are people. They're individual players. They're not just uh, numbers on a spreadsheet in that sense. Um, it's very much like the third time through thing with pitchers. It's like, you know. If you got Scherzer going, you got DeGrom going, you got some, one of these studs going, you're not going to care about the third time through issue. You're going to let them go. But what they're doing now is they're, they're generalizing it, and it possibly because they, they, the generaliz- well, possibly the generalization of it has created a vicious cycle where you're creating a situation where everybody is incapable of going the third time through because you generalized in the first place, and that's your like the way you're looking at it. And then it's a vicious cycle because then you're like, oh, well, I can't go third time, third time through because they never are able to. And so it's just uh, it's just reinforcing itself. And you know, um, it's you know, Tracy said something a couple of years ago that I that I've never forgotten, and I think it's true. Um, I just we just hope I just hope the starting the the, the the starting pitcher the real starting pitcher the nine inning guy the guy that can get you a complete game doesn't go extinct because that's a real danger in the way things are going. Trace the the you, you and Don Baylor were very close, so you know 
full well Dodd's approach to offensive baseball involved small ball as well as as, hit, as the Blake Street Bombers, right? I just don't see enough teams incorporating small ball. And my thought when we talked to Stu earlier was, why don't the Rockies try to play a little bit more small ball on the road where, instead of trying to play like they play here? Because obviously it doesn't translate, you know, the, the hangover that Manny talks about all the time. Do you see any aptitude for that? Is there a reason for that? No, I just think it's it's the players that come here don't have it in their mindset that they're bunters in general. And or base dealers? Or base or dealers. Well, I think you have, you've had base dealers here and that, but guys don't run like they used to run either. You know, it's it's not part of the – it's not as much a part of the game. So I Is think – because of analytics, man? I think a lot of it's just, again, what you learn when you're coming up through the system. You know, if you if you learn how to steal bases and you learn how to, you learn that that's a part of the game, it becomes inbred in you. And I think a lot of it really boils down to – what they teach at the minor league level because you're going to get to the big league level and you're not going to suddenly start doing things that are, quote, lesser than what you did at the minor league level. And, so to, be, you, and to be fair, <coughs> to be fair, it's hard because we're living in the era of big data. It can be in baseball. It can be in politics. It can be in anything. It's big data. There's, and the key word being big, it's a lot. And so when people are trying to take all of this in and decide what to do with it, you know, in front offices and, and all the way down to the, the player level, um, you're trying to make sure that you're not neglecting anything, but things get neglected. One of them is bunting, you know, when the, in terms of the skill set to right. be able to do it. One, you know, and these, the, idea, the idea about the third time through, there's only so much that, a, that the human mind can take in some points. And, and so when you so have that a, needs to be learned not just the minor, even high school. Yeah, level, right? but the, what I'm saying is like there's so much data that things get overlooked yeah. and things are become casualties of the big data revolution because the data is good. That's the thing we were talking about yesterday, Tracy and I. We were like, the, the, it's not the data that's the problem. It's how it's used or abused, and, and that's the issue. It's making a general, a general statement when different people respond in different ways. It's, it's like I know talking with Nolan, and he's, we're talking about the pitchers today. He said, you know, I couldn't have got four years in the big leagues with the way they use these guys today. And everyone says, well, he was, he was a freak of nature. I go, then why couldn't he have a winning record his first five years with the Mets? Why with a, on a championship-type team was he so mediocre? And I said, you know, you, if you go back and you look up things and talk to people and talk to his wife about him and stuff, when he went to the Angels after when he was traded, they're at the spring training, and Nolan said to her, I think maybe it's time that we pack up and go home. We're, we're going to start raising a family. We need to get the cattle ranch going, and maybe it's time to do that. And she said... Well, this Tom Morgan, who's the pitching coach here, you think you like, you say you really like him. And he said, well, I do. She said, I think you should give one more year before we decide to retire. And so, you know, but he worked at his craft. It wasn't like it was just people say, well, he just had such a great arm. He didn't. He worked to perfect it and he worked to get it down. And he was a competitive guy. I mean, I saw him throw 237 pitches in a game on three days rest and he pitched for 27 years, so it's not like he couldn't. He wasn't capable, but he was just he was into being physically in shape, ready to do the things that needed to be done. So, are we not doing small ball now because players don't want to? Is that kind of is that a fair statement? I mean, do they just like Tracy talked about earlier? There's nothing romantic about a bunt as opposed to a little kid trying to hit a ball in a gap. But to me, that that takes away the team concept. It all becomes an individual sport, not a team sport. Well, analytics—the uh, the analytics kind of revolution has has 
has changed the focus of things. It's like now the focus is the home run. The focus is the strikeout. And, and, and those things just happen to be the fun stuff, right? Those things happen to be the things that everybody want, dreams about doing. Now, you probably know this better than me because you, you coach high school kids that as far as how hard it is to get them to come off of that and come off of that idea. And the idea, you know, the romantic, one of the romantic things about baseball has always been the sacrifice because you're giving yourself up. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a noble, it's a noble uh, uh, element of life, and then you have it in baseball. Um, that's gone away, which I think I, I think even I would lament that. I think that's 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 too bad. But again, it has to be done within reason. The numbers should help you. It always comes back down to use the numbers wisely. You know, it's like drink responsibly. You know, use analytics responsibly. That's a T-shirt. You know, and so I think that that's that's the key. Otherwise, you, you end up. And by the way, something that Trace said earlier on 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 guys like Nolan. You know, not just being freaks of nature. They worked at it. Guys hate that. There are guys who hate when people say, "Oh, you're just a natural." I talked to Will Clark. Will Clark was like, "I hate that they call me the natural with the swing." I took a thousand swings a week, man. It, it, it took work, and so there is a lot of work put into that. So that's important to remember when we see what something beautiful, you know, a beautiful swing, Griffey swing, whatever we see, that took a lot of work. That's the casualty of the highlight era we live yes. in. Now kids don't watch the whole game; they just watch the highlights, and so they only see that. And it looks easy; it looks like somebody didn't have to work at it, but they've had to work at it. And I just wish they'd put that kind of work into rounding their games better, and not just focusing on home runs and strikeouts. Well, and that's right now because that's the uh, big man on campus type mentality. But I and I think it has to, it gets back to how you want to develop your players and bring them along. And let's face it too, the other thing is there's certain guys that you're not going to ever ask to bunt yeah. because they have a chance to hit it out of the ballpark. Sure. I mean, you right there with what Tracy just said is the whole run expectancy That's deal. It, it, it works right into that matrix. This is what we're talking about when. What we're talking about? Why are we having to, like when Juan Soto? Okay, that's a, the classic example. I was it drove you crazy. It drove me nuts at home. <laughs> I was watching from home actually. When Juan Soto tried to lay down a bunt, he homered the next at bat. When he tried to lay down a bunt, just because, I'm like, man, <laughs> you are you. They're you're, they're comparing you to Mel Ott and Ted Williams at the same age, man. You swing, okay? You swing every time. So or take because you walk a lot, but you know what? But I mean. but that, that speaks, takes me back to Elias Diaz. Yes, I think Elias Diaz is a really good player. I think he might be the best catcher the Rockies have ever had. But he should have bunted in that situation. He wasn't going to hit a home run. He was going to strike out, and he did. Well, but you have to be comfortable with the bunt too. And, he doesn't know how. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's not bunting is more complicated, I think, um, than we want to make it seem because you have to have that bat. You got to be at the right angle. You got to hit it right. You got to be able to put it down. And you want it. You want it to die. You know. You don't want it to keep rolling towards the third baseman or the first baseman. You want it to die on them so they can't get to it. You want it never, never land. And that's not as easy as it may seem. You know. I mean, you you um, you may want it, but the guys have to work on it enough to make it happen. And it also has to be a guy that's not as big of an impact offensive player that you're taking that away from his game by having him bunt. Well, I mean, yeah. if Larry, Walker, Larry Walker would bunt, yeah. but he was also the unbelievable athlete. You know, he was the exception to the case. And Galarraga, I'd never want to see him try to no. bunt. I'd shoot him. One thing that Andre, one thing Andres Galarraga would apparently do. I remember telling Joe Girardi about this. He's like, "Man, I'll never forget it. Every time he got plunked, every time he would try to steal a base." And and it's like, 
No, it's like <laughs> Girardi's like, Big Cat, do you think that you're invisible over there? I mean, what do you think? They don't see you over there? You're going to try to run no matter what? And it's just because it's just like some guys, you don't want to see them do certain things. And that's one of them, you know. Although, you know, he stole 18 bags one year. Uh, that's well, that, fair. That's Baylor ball. He stole 18 right. bags. Right. And, that, and that's fair. I, I, that's fair. There's certain guys you don't want to see do certain things. And, and that's, that's fair. But I, I just wish guys knew, their, I guess, their limitations. Um, Diaz is a good player. But Diaz should have been bunting in that situation. And as it turned out, they won the game. But in spite of the fact they didn't move those two runners up, they got a couple hits and only needed one. If he'd bunt, they only need one hit. They, they, only, need one hit. they only need one hit if they're at home. They, need, no. they, 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 only need, they only need one hit if they need one run to win the game. They're going to have a bottom of the ninth there. So there's yeah. another. But they were, they, one hit would have got them two if he bunted them over. One hit would have got them two, got them, would have gotten the lead. Yes, or, or a double gets them one already, and you still got nobody out in the game. And he struck out. You talk about Baylor ball because he stole a lot of bases for a power Absolutely. guy. And I can still and they remember. did hit and run and everything. There was one year where he, uh, he and Gritch weren't teammates. Before free agency came, he got traded to the Oakland A's. And Gritch, he said, I'm playing second base, and he's on first base, and I'm going – Shaking his head, no, because I mean, Gritchie was his godfather to his son. I mean, they were tight. Gritchie's shaking his head, no, and Baylor knows what he's shaking, and Baylor's saying yes. And I said, Gritchie, what happened? He goes, the center fielder picked me up when I landed. <laughs> and, he, and he said, I said to him afterwards, I thought we were best friends. We've been roommates since rookie ball. He said, not right now. You're on the other team, and I don't give a heck, heck what happens to you. If we get to be teammates again, we'll be friends. Oh, that was that was such a better era of baseball. I'm sorry, it just was, Manny. I know they they can go back and do analytics and all that stuff now, but that was just such better. And and those guys, they actually knew how to bunt, and they knew bunting wasn't just that decorations on opening day that you that you're so fond of. It's going to come back. Um, I, hope you're right. I, I, I mean, I'm, I I just hope it's used right. Just just as we're talking about abusing the analytics mm-hmm. one way, we don't want to do it the other way either. Where we okay. just throw it out the window. So. It's a matter of utilizing what you have in a smart way. Use, your, use the brain God gave you. Use that to, to, to make the right decisions in the right moments. And there are some guys doing that out there. Mm-hmm. But it's just we went so far to one side with, with the analytics. And that, a big reason for that, I think, is you've heard of FOMO. We've talked about this. Mm-hmm. Fear of missing out. I call it uh, uh, fear of falling behind. FFB, whatever, FUB, whatever that is. Because people are afraid of falling behind when there's a new trend and there's a new thing going on. And there's a new, there's a new, especially when you're in a competitive situation, like there's 30 major league teams and you don't want to be the one that ends up not, you know, missing the boat. And so what you end up going, taking it too far, bring it back. Let's hope that they're bringing it back now. Is he right? Well, Tracy? The, pro- well the problem with analytics is too many of those guys don't even want to watch the game. They're going to sit at a computer. They're going to have it spit out statistical results. They're going to say, this is, this is what you need to do. And when you deal with human beings, you have to be able to separate what people are capable of doing, not what you want them to do. And you have to put them in situations that they have a chance to succeed or you're going to lose the player completely. And that's, some, that's my problem there's with somebody, There's somebody out there who has the best of both worlds, we hope, where they're a good communicator. They understand how to break down information and teach it. And that is... That is one of the most valuable people you can have in a baseball organization. Is somebody who can do that because that they can guy, have a people person that can do that. And that guy would have had Elias Diaz bunt no, he in that situation. No, Trace, we appreciate you joining us as always. Uh, enjoy Thanks, the Tracy. game today, and we'll talk to you again soon. All right, guys. Thanks. For the best selection of autographs and memorabilia from your favorite sports stars past and present, look no further than denverautographs.com. Find what you're after on the web 
or at either of their two Metro Denver locations, Colorado Mills Mall and Flatirons Mall, Broncos, Rockies, Avs, Nuggets, and much more. It's all at denverautographs.com. Learning life skills through baseball, USA Prime is more than just travel baseball. We mentor young athletes in areas like teamwork and skill development. It's about more than winning weekend tournaments. It's about showing young players how to achieve their goals in baseball and beyond. Contact Scott Horman at Colorado at gmail.com for more information. May 15th, 2022 was a momentous day in baseball history. This edition of The Closer is dedicated to this day because we will not forget it. First, a team threw a no-hitter and lost for only the sixth time in Major League history. The Reds, behind seven and a third brilliant innings from rookie flamethrower Hunter Green, threw a combined no-hitter of the Pirates and lost... Aside from Jacob DeGrom being a walking advertisement for the movement, there is no better example of why we should kill the pitcher win and loss. Utterly useless designations, simply because in isolation they tell you absolutely nothing about how a pitcher performed. Did he throw a no-hitter and lose? Did he give up eight runs and win because his lineup scored nine? Hashtag kill the win. I'm sure Mark will have something to say about that at some point. And then, in an unprecedented moment, one which we may never see again. Albert Pujols pitched in a major league game. With the Cardinals up big against the Giants in the ninth inning at Bush Stadium on Sunday night baseball, Pujols took the mound. Sure, he gave up a couple of homers, but who cares? Albert Pujols took the mound in a big league game, and it was glorious. Let's hope for more days like May 15th, 2022. Surely we'll have some, even if they don't involve a team losing despite not allowing a hit, or one of the greatest hitters of all time taking the mound to close out a game at age 42. Here's to baseball, the greatest sport ever invented. And that's a wrap for this edition of the Park Adjusted Rockies podcast. Our thanks to Rockies third base coach Stu Cole and Hall of Fame baseball writer Tracy Ringlesby for joining us to talk small ball and the lack thereof. Parents, please teach your kids how to bunt. We'll catch you next time. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.